Hello everyone and welcome to the Story X Story podcast where we discuss stories across pop culture plus give you advice on creating your own. It's episode number 24 behind the story for Wednesday the 29th of April. I'm your co-host Nigel. I'm Tazzy, streamer and co-host. And our guest today is a independent comic artist from the Netherlands, Renee Vientes, which I think I pronounced terribly. But hello, <laughs> Renee. Apologies. Hello. <laughs> How are That's you doing? Perfect. It's uh, perfect. I'm All right, cool. <laughs> All right, she said it was perfect. So let's move on. <laughs> Just to remind listeners that you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, now tune in, uh, and pretty much wherever you find podcasts. You can send us feedback uh, and questions to feedback at myamada.com or just shout at us on social media at myamada on Twitter, myamadatees on Instagram, or Tazzy with three eyes on both. So let's get to know our guest for today. So like I said, Renee is a comic artist from the Netherlands and uh, I've never visited the country, but did meet Renee in Malta of all places when we went to the Malta Comic Con, uh, which was a really good time. If anyone uh, just happens to be by Malta um, around, was it was it November that we uh, met? Yeah, I believe November, yes. November, yeah. So if you happen to be in Malta, around November. It's a small place. You can just stop by uh, and drop in on their comic convention. Uh, obviously, right now, don't go anywhere because we are still under global pandemic lockdown situation. So before we get into specific questions around Renee's work, just wanted to ask you as an um, independent uh, creative, how, if at all, the current pandemic and sort of stay-at-home orders across much of the world have affected you uh, and your work, if at all? Um, what affected for my work? Um, luckily, not yeah, too much. You seen I mean, not, uh, uh, stuff is not changing much. I work from home, so uh, <laughs> my life is pretty much the same. Um, okay. But yeah, I, I do start noticing from like client work I have uh, yeah, being put on hold or uh, cancelled because of everything that's going on. Not much, but yeah, there are some changes there. Yeah. All right. That sounds really positive, actually, that for the most part, you're saying you've been able to continue working. Yeah, luckily I have. So, uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I know, like, Tanya, you were similar in that because you were saying you've actually got busier now. <laughs> yeah. So um, for me... Um, obviously, I do a lot of online content content creation, um, so I can still do the bulk of that. Uh, I also got a new uh, sort of like uh, stream hosting thing going on. Um, okay. So that's like daily. Um, so yeah, it's pretty good for me. <laughs> and everyone's everyone's at home, so I feel like I must be making like I need to make like a ton more content. Um, yeah. Uh, it's yeah. an unfortunate, uh, I don't know, an unfortunate benefit for me. Like, um, I guess, like if you are making content, it's a good time to start. <laughs> yeah, uh, but obviously, it's also like a really horrible circumstance to have that opportunity appear. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's definitely useful. Okay. If I'm being at home. Yeah. So, yeah, there's a lesson, I guess, if you're you're making content, uh, if you weren't already making content, now is the time because you've got a captive audience. <laughs> uh, so, Renee, um, just for the purposes of people listening, if you want to, can you describe your your style of art? Like, how would you describe it? Um, I would say it's um, kind of inspired from uh, the Japanese manga, um, as well as um, American comic book style. So I've kind of mixed it together i guess it's yeah i did notice that in your in your work are there any specific manga influences that you have uh one of my greatest inspiration is uh, jinji ito his uh, work on horror and uh creepy stuff is amazing 
cool that definitely comes through we're going to talk about that in a little bit that um horror uh, style uh, but before we do, I, I noticed on your website, so you've got a, a few things, like a few bits of work that you've done for other companies, and one of them being a company called Ziggo. Am I pronouncing that right? Yes. Yes, okay. it's uh, Ziggo. And from my intensive research, I discovered that they are the largest cable operator in the Netherlands. Uh, yeah, they, they, they do like um, specifically what I did for Sigo Sport, but they have like um, a lot of different channels and yeah, cool cable company. So you did a, a project with them, and how did that come about? Uh, <laughs> actually, really funny because um, I was working at home and I got a call from them. And Ziggo is normally a, a company that sells um, cable or internet and uh, cell phone services. Yeah. So first, when I got the call from them, I was like, oh, no, they're trying to uh, sell uh, subscriptions to me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but uh, yeah, being on the phone, they explained that they want to um, hire me for a project they were going to make. And wow. it was really exciting. Yeah. And actually, just to have interest, were you already, I guess you weren't already a customer. So you, this was, you thought it's, this was just a cold call. Yeah, yeah, because uh, in Holland we get a lot of calls from Ziggo and uh, these providers for uh, yeah sales. So uh, yeah, I was surprised okay. by it to be different. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, and what exactly was the project? What did you have to do for them? It was for the Grand uh, Grand Prix. Uh, yeah. For the Formula One, uh, I'm not really much of a sports uh, person myself, but. Um, they told me that it was going to be in Japan this year and they saw my work on the internet and uh, thought my work would suit really well for uh, yeah, what they were looking for. They want to make a commercial in yeah, Japanese-inspired animation art style. So if I want to make the art for that, it was, yeah. Yeah, nice. And so I'm also not much of a Formula One fan. Uh, Tanya, what do you know about? Formula One. I only know a little bit from Tom because obviously he's massively into cars. Um, I don't. I, but that's it. Like I okay. recognise the uh, the uniforms, and that's as far as, <laughs> okay. as, far as right. it so goes. None of us are Formula One um, <laughs> experts. However, I did recognise Lewis Hamilton. So him, I do know. And so you got to draw like different Formula One drivers, Renee. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I think the current top three was uh, well, for Holland, obviously, uh, Max Verstappen, because he's uh, the Dutch um, Formula One driver, right. and Lewis Hamilton and um, uh, Vettel. Oh, yeah. If Sebastian. I pronounce his name uh, right, <laughs> Sebastian Vettel, I, yeah. I think so. If not, I'm sure someone can correct us later. But that yeah. looked really cool. And I also saw an animation on your website as well for that so you did that too yeah it was uh the project was uh, made, uh about that animation so they want to make uh promote the grand prix in japan yeah. on dutch television so um for every commercial uh when people are watching tv they get to see for two weeks um uh, this commercial about the grand prix in japan and that's what i've made that together really with cool. um um small red car he and i made it uh, animated the whole video so i did the artwork and he did uh, the animation and they go they go sports self um cool. sort so of a, yeah working together in a team for this project it was pretty cool yeah yeah definitely i encourage so we'll put the link to your website in our show notes and yeah just encourage people to check out because it's really cool uh, like dynamic uh, sort of anime manga style animation for formula one so yeah encourage people to check it out so with this project you you as you mentioned they contacted you and is there like do you have a particular criteria that you look for when working with uh, different companies not specifically as long as the project sounds fun i guess yeah <laughs> and, and if they have like a decent budget for like i'm um, um if if a project like this uh, takes weeks uh, weeks to finish, um, yeah. you need to be paid the hours you spent uh, working on it. So um. yeah, 
yeah i think that, that's an important point and particularly yeah with sort of this style of animation and um sort of manga drawings i think people sometimes uh, underestimate underestimate the effort and the time that goes into making them oh yes it's very time consuming because uh, yeah. i remember when they asked me if i want to make the animation i was like um I do no animation, but I don't animate. I just I can provide you uh, drawings and images um, that if you um, have an animator can animate, but I'm not doing that myself because yeah. I'm consuming. It really is, yeah. I, I once had a situation where someone got in touch and wanted a music video, so talking like three plus minutes of animation, and I think they wanted it in like two or three weeks. And I just had to explain, like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I just had to explain, like, how uh, unrealistic uh, that was. I'm not sure what happened with that, but uh, I know they did definitely didn't get the video in the time they wanted. So, uh, yeah, uh, actually, speaking of sort of, I guess, misconceptions around um, artists and, and the work that creators do, you also have a uh, webcomic linked on your website, My Daily Life Comics. And I had a look and I was particularly kind of drawn to one uh, one two panel uh, strip in particular. So uh, I will also link this in the in the show notes. But it's essentially two characters and one asks the other, what do you do for a living? Uh, and the other answers, I'm an artist. So the first character says, oh, that's amazing. Must be really fun and relaxing to do what you love drawing all day. And the second character just emphatically says no. That feels like that came straight from the the like your inner being and uh, frustration that that you have. So with um with your work and talking to other people about being an artist, what's the biggest misconception that you've come across? Biggest misconception. Um... I think basically more the prejudices people have um, by thinking, uh, I mean, I really love my job and it's a lot of fun, uh, otherwise I wouldn't do it. Um, but people don't see how much of hard work goes into doing this. Like uh, they assume you, uh, because you do something you like, you don't have stress and um uh, it's easy to do so if you complain that your hard your, your work is hard or stressful at sometimes uh, people mostly um, brush it up like now you you don't know what hard work is mm. <laughs> that's kind of um i think the bi- biggest mis judgment people have about being yeah. artist yeah i get that and i think sometimes when it's when the the output of the work is so uh easy to consume I think people sometimes assume it was easy to make, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's true. It's like, yeah. uh, oh, you do this for fun and uh, you're good at this, so you can make this in like uh, 10 seconds and it's just a magic button on your computer and ta-da, the art is finished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the magic uh, make, a, make a comic button. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You still need to yeah. find it. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm looking for that as well. Do you feel, sorry, on top of that, do you feel like because it's something that you like and you are passionate about, obviously, um, that you then, it's actually more stressful because obviously when you're passionate about something, you want it to be perfect. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're your worst critic. So uh, in, I think a lot of times you're mostly fighting yourself when you're working on projects. Um, but it's also very challenging and uh, in the end rewarding once it's done like Mm -hmm. you put the efforts into making something out of nothing basically so yeah it's challenging and hard but um, it pays off (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I definitely I agree with you that a lot of work goes into it but it is is satisfying when you see other people like enjoying your work and just getting something from it Yes, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so, like, you've got your daily life comics, which is quite a, I guess, a more simple cartoony style. It's quite old, yes. <laughs> yeah. Is that is that something you plan to continue doing, or have you switched styles now? Yes, I know. I guess um, it's something I did did uh, start with um, 
which comics like on a download. So I was afraid to make something too big. Um, so I want to make something small and easygoing and um, basically mostly fun to draw. So I started with the daily comics. I'm maybe picking it up in the future because people uh, keep asking if there will be coming more. But the thing is, I'm regarding to writing stories or um, drawing stories, I'm more drawn and better in um, psychological kind of thrillers or horror comics. And <laughs> that's something completely diff different. Yeah. And funny gag comics is, <laughs> you need to be funny for that. And I, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> that is, like yeah. I keep repeating the same kind of questions, like about work and deadlines, and there's not really much happening in my life. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I guess when you get new material, then you might get uh, another bit of inspiration to continue it. Yes. Though I'm, I'm, I'm considering to maybe work with a co-writer who, who has like skills in making funny comics, because it's absolutely not my. Uh, yeah, my talents in writing, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I I can see that the the creepier horror style of illustration uh, and storytelling is definitely your uh, your talent. So, like I, I mentioned earlier, uh, Renee and I met at the Moto Comic Con in November two thousand nine, and uh, we did a we did a book swap. So you've got a copy of Samurai Chef and I have a copy of Oyasumi. And again, am I pronouncing that right? Uh, yes. yes. Cool. Right. <laughs> Always got to double check. Uh, so, yeah, so we did a, a book swap and uh, you you gave me uh, Oyasumi, which I uh, read uh, and reread. And you have. So just describe we're going to go into your particular part in this book, but just describe how this project came together. Cause it's a collaboration comic or manga, I should say manga book with mm -hmm. uh, two other artists. So how did that come about? Cool. Let's see. Uh, it's been a few years. Let's see. Uh, yeah. With two, two other friends of mine, we were, um, I, I don't know if you heard of like the 24 hour comic uh, book day or the challenge to do. I hadn't, no. Uh, so every year there's, uh, there's one specific date. I think it's around um, November as well or December. Yeah. Um, where like you sit down for 24 hours and you, uh, the challenge is to finish 24 pages into tw in 24 hours, basically. Wow. So um, it's just to get going and no sleep and just have fun and draw. And we were sit sitting together and thought like, okay, how about we're going to make something and uh, later on work this out into um, an anthology with the three of us together. So that's basically how, uh, how it got this, yeah, how this project started. Okay. Nice. So you've um, got, hmm? oh, no, I was just saying, so you've got your three different stories in the same book. And uh, we see a lot of people like publishing uh, small press comics um, with uh, 10 or 20 pages and with a staple in it and sell it on conventions, uh, which is super awesome. Uh, but we wanted to like maybe make a comic uh, together to make a full book and to have more reading materials and different art styles into one book. So that's kind of how we decided to work together on one. Yeah. And we did have like uh, one theme that bind all those stories. So this one was supernatural. Um, they're all supernatural related kind of comic and three different art styles. Cool. If I yeah, explain no. this right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, sorry, I've actually um, I've actually got the book in my hand now, so I was just uh, slightly distracted uh, by it. But so you've got your three different stories, and yours is Distortia, which is mm -hmm. the first story in the book. Uh, do you want to tell us a bit about that story? And and I'm particularly interested in like the inspiration um, behind it because there's there's a definite message there. Uh, how did that come about to your story? I'm always like very very fascinated by the supernatural kind of theme. So um, yeah, I kind of want to make something like that. And in short, this is a story about uh, a girl who can see spirits and 
she helps them uh, cross over to the other world. And she is basically more connected to the dead people than to the living. And it's kind of, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil the ending. <laughs> but um, Yeah, no, don't, no spoilers. We'll let people read it. Yeah, I, want, I kind of wanted to make a story about this person who um, yeah, has, has troubles connecting with people, kind of. And it's the plan, there's like a full story behind it that's not written in this book. And okay. I may like write out more later on. But yeah, how do I explain that? <laughs> yeah, so it's something that you want to continue beyond the initial 24 pages. Uh, yes, yes. It's sort, sort of like... Uh, introduction to the um, maybe whole story it's like a standalone comic uh but also an introduction to maybe more yeah i definitely got that sense reading it that when it finished yeah. i i i kind of i got the message but then i was also like okay i could definitely see this continuing for like a series like with this character uh, and seeing more adventures with her at the center yeah yeah that's uh, kind of still uh, an idea i'll do want to work out but uh i want to start small so it's first it's uh, a comic with 20 pages for this yeah and i personally i don't like um i don't mind putting in uh, some only happy-go-lucky things in a story so yeah i get that i think <laughs> it, it would be a it would be an unrealistic story if, if everything was just happy-go-lucky that's cool. And then the other thing I noticed about it, so you've got a really cool manga style and you've also, it reads in the traditional manga uh, reading direction of uh, right to left. And mm-hmm. was that something that you kind of definitely you wanted to keep that traditional style? Did you consider, because like, for example, you like I said, you've got Samurai Chef, we've done a Western reading direction uh, and the reason we did that is just because in, or at least in the UK, some, some people aren't that uh, experienced in manga. So when you hand them a book and they have to read it, what is effectively to them back to front, it throws a lot of people off. But I think it's cool that you've kept the sort of traditional manga reading direction. Is that something that you thought about doing the other way you always wanted to do in that direction? Uh, no, we definitely thought of this uh, beforehand because otherwise you have trouble drawing uh, and flipping everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. We like the friends I work with uh, on this book. We all started out with manga, and um, that's kind of why we decided for this comic to specifically make the art um, close to the original uh, Japanese, uh, yeah, art style and also reading directions. Uh, but yeah, people do have trouble sometimes with the book. If they pick it up, I see them turning and flipping it around like yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which but is why it's, it's it's something um, they are open for to to read. Like um, yeah, they're looking how to read it, but um, don't mind trying. Yeah. Okay, that's good because I, I do notice you've also got the the warning. So if you do pick it up and read it in the traditional sort of Western uh, left to right, the first page you'll see is a warning. You're reading the wrong way, which is very yeah. handy. Yeah, um, it's it's interesting. Like when um when we take our books to conventions, I can tell the people that are familiar with manga and the people that aren't by the way they pick up and start reading the book. So for the people that are familiar they just kind of skip to the back and then I have to sort of warn them because then they risk spoiling the story, but you've done it the right way. <laughs> yep. And out of interest, how, how is manga received in the Netherlands? Is it, is it big? Is it, does it have a big following? Very bad. Uh, honestly, here in Holland, they're very narrow-minded about uh, yeah, manga. It's uh, okay. I think recently they started started to accept it a bit more, but it's still it has a very negative stigma. Like oh oh, this very manga or uh, yeah, people really like especially the older generation. You, you notice that they don't really um, feel drawn to it. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot, there's still like a very uh, large group of readers and people love reading manga, uh, but they specifically read it in English. Like there are a couple books uh, that were translated in Dutch, 
but they don't do so well. Like if you see um, in France or in Germany, mm. uh, the manga scene is uh, all the books are translated in their language. And in Holland, we just pick up English. Ah, okay. Okay. That's so interesting because um, I went to Amsterdam last year um, and we went to quite a few uh, like comic book shops and I was like, wow, I've like randomly come across more comic book shops here that have like a lot of manga and not just comic books than I have like walking around London <laughs> and not specifically looking for them. Um, so that's interesting. And like merch, way more female uh, like comic merch. And I was like, hmm. So it's interesting from your perspective how different it is. Um, but I guess that's Amsterdam as well. So different reflection. Yeah, I, I, I think that's... that's uh... Yeah, I think comics and manga are kind of both very, not extremely popular, I guess, but uh, the stores that do sell uh, these are very various in uh, the comics and uh, the manga, and it's both in English. I think only the European comics are in, in Dutch also. Yeah, I guess it does make a difference if you can obviously translate it to the native language and it, it helps the adoption. But as you mentioned, I guess there's, there is also that stigma around manga that would stop people from potentially getting into it anyway, which is a shame. Yeah, it really is because there are so many good um, mangas out there. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, so you've been to conventions in the Netherlands, uh, I would assume, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, and we met in in Malta. So, like, you know, you have to cast your mind back to the world where we could, like, leave our houses and we could travel uh, and go to places that were packed with thousands of people. I know that might be difficult to imagine, but... Um, so, like, starting with, say, Malta Comic Con, how was that experience for for you? Uh, had you been before? Uh, no, this year was my first time. First, um, okay. I think, in my opinion, compared to like um, the conventions, I've been to convention Holland, Germany, um, one in the UK and Belgium, and Malta was my first one. Like, yeah, longest where I have to take a plane. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Cool. And I, th I think, in my opinion, it was the most amazing comic convention I've been to. Not specifically because of it was really big or, yeah, basically that. But yeah. the, the feeling of community they have over there, it's it was something I haven't, I I don't see much like like this. Definitely, I I agree. I haven't been to many across Europe, but the the sense I got from Malta was that it's very focused on like the community so uh just to give people an idea you so when you like the first thing is like the organizers themselves sort of typically like sometimes reach out uh, to you so either you can go and, and book directly or uh they might reach out and they kind of treat you like you're someone <laughs> like that was the first thing uh, i noticed and the way they sell their packages if you're coming from outside the country is you can you can buy the uh, like the table so you get your typical like exhibitor table but then also like the hotel package so that's all together and uh, everyone who's coming from outside the country stays in the same hotel so immediately you're kind of you're there like there's a feeling of oh I'm part of this group uh, and then you actually they pick you up from the airport and like you say it's not the biggest convention uh, but just that <laughs> that alone just feeling of oh actually I'm I'm important enough for them to come and pick me up uh, at the I, airport I love that yeah yes, it's, it's like so so crazy what I was surprised by uh, I noticed a lot of other conventions tend to treat the guest artists they invite like um, how do you say that um, like kind of like, for um, this story, it, like it's very guests. hard to approach them like they put it um, a bit too an approach I guess oh and you mean other, Malta, other exhibitors sorry uh, other conventions yeah, other conventions yes right, and for okay. malta i was uh, really surprised how they uh if you're invited or not or you book a table everybody's equal um and 
everybody's welcomed and that it gives you just an amazing feel over there it's uh, yeah. really great yeah no it was really cool and you mentioned that you'd been to a convention in the uk uh yes all right which one was that uh london film and comic con i believe it was in 2019 okay it was that the the summer one yeah the mm. super hot summer one. Oh my god yeah <laughs> we're crazy yeah we yeah, might have had a bit of a heat wave uh at that time so uh how did you find that way bigger than we have here in holland i uh except for the dutch comic con i guess it comes close um I liked the convention I was in, like all the artists were uh, like on this upper ring and all the um, dealers with merchandise were on the ground floor. So it's yeah. easy to just go to where you like to go. And for me, it's always the artist alley and um, yeah, that place. <laughs> yeah, no, I get so that. So I, I basically hang, hanged around all weekend just looking at art and talking to the people over there. And uh, I noticed... English artists are also super nice and uh, polite. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, we do have that going for us. Uh, there's a sense of politeness just running through a lot of the UK. Um, and so, as someone who's travelled to sort of conventions in different countries, do you have any any tips for other creators who might be either starting like their first convention or maybe their first convention that's abroad again? in in when we're past this pandemic world and it is safe to travel so i wouldn't go to conventions right now but yeah, obviously um, not now everyone stay in your homes <laughs> don't go anywhere but uh i think once uh yeah once we can travel and go to conventions again um i think if you're a starter um it might be good always to, to uh, maybe share a table with a friend or another artist who um, attends these conventions just get a taste um, and also see like what, what kind of stuff do you want to bring. Um, for me, it's always the most important part is just to get my uh, investment back, like the cost I pay for the table, hotels and traveling expenses and food if possible. Yeah. Um, and everything extra is just extra. I just love the experience of meeting new people at conventions and putting my work out there. Yeah, just, just take a table. Uh, for the first time just share it with someone so uh, the cost can be uh, lower ask other artists like which conventions they uh, they really liked or did well on um yeah those kind of things i guess yeah no that makes sense uh, i think certainly if you're someone who's looking to go to their first convention or, or first convention abroad definitely look at it as the like a experience a learning experience obviously you want to uh, cover your costs and, and that side of things but it's yeah the way I've I've seen it's definitely like okay I'm, I'm going for the, the experience I'm gonna once it's done I'm gonna like you know review it learn but once you're there while you're there uh, definitely make the most of the experience as a whole uh, as you can and I think also um, think for yourself like what do you want to do when you get there Cause, um, I think for making sales um, it might be good to get a table and just focus on on that. But it's also very good and uh, some advice I can give to everybody um, is to build build up a network. So talk to other artists, show your work, um, get to know the community. This I always find like the greatest part and the most fun part to do mm. uh, at conventions. And it can help you a lot also to grow. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And like, do you have a do you have a favorite convention? Is is more to the the favorite? Mm, uh, a couple, I guess. I think my <laughs> number one at the moment is Malta. Like, yeah. Uh, from all the conventions I've been to, it's yeah, definitely go there. It's it's amazing. <laughs> uh, I think for both uh, making sales, it's um, it's great. And uh, but most importantly. Uh, what we talked about before, the feeling of community of there, uh, being in the same hotel as everybody else, um, the famous karaoke party yeah. they uh, organize over there. It's basically a couple creative people hanging out and getting to know each other uh, kind of vibe you have mm. there. Yeah. Um, that's what I really like. 
Uh, I think besides Malta, I really like Stuttgart in Germany. That one is okay. great for uh, for sales. Uh, people in Germany are very, at least in Stuttgart, from my experience, are very uh, into artists. So they mainly go, from my experience, go for go to the convention to meet uh, artists or support them instead of focusing on just the merchandise mm. or actors. That's um, always good. I think uh, Dutch Comic Con here in Holland is uh, one of the biggest. Um, it's always a Hunger Games to get a table, though. Uh, <laughs> I think those are my top three. Uh, if you go to Belgium, Fex is very good. Mm. That one is also of the bigger bigger conventions to go to. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, like coming back to your kind of your routine and your work. Uh, so you mentioned you're working from home. Uh, just interested to know, like, what kind of tools do you use to put together your manga and your comics? Uh, I use Clip Studio Paint on the computer. It's, okay. Uh, in my opinion, one of the best programs and affordable programs to draw comics in and or animate for people who want to animate and illustration wise. Yeah. Um, yeah. Actually, cool. and, that. <laughs> and I, I guess you like use a tablet uh, of some kind as well. Uh, yeah, I work on uh, on Wacom. Uh, like for my main workstation, I sit. I have the 24 inch uh, drawing screen, so I can draw directly on the screen. Yeah. Which is from Wacom. Um, and let's see, for portable work, uh, for port- portable workflow, I work on the iPad. Cool. So it sounds like a good setup. And is this something like in terms of storytelling, in terms of illustration, is it something that you, you studied or did you sort of, is it self-taught? Uh, all self-taught. Uh, I really? went to Art Academy, but uh, it's way too expensive when I want to. Oh, really? <laughs> so I was like, yeah, I just sit at home and just watch tutorials and just practice. Wow, that's really cool. And how long have you been like, um, how long have you been making comics? Uh, not that long. I think 2016 was my first try in making comics. That yeah. was the daily live comics. <laughs> and after that one, I actually started with Oyasumi as the next uh, project in comics. Yeah, I'm always like interested how many how many people I meet who are self-taught and I guess how not not easy. I was going to say easy, not but how like accessible it is to to get the the, uh, the materials to learn to become an artist and obviously you need a bunch of time and patience uh, and that but yeah it's just interesting to know how many people are self-taught versus um, have gone through some particular uh, education program yes it's uh, especially these days with the internet it's so easy to have access to all this knowledge um, and I think for me also the comic conventions was a big game changer in uh, for me for making comics because you meet a lot of people who are in the industry and mm. yeah also actually some advice don't be afraid to walk up to them and ask some advice and show your work because I've learned so much from just doing that <laughs> yeah yeah no that's and I think people are usually more approachable than you think they might be for the most yes, part definitely. yeah cool Right, I'm always some... afraid to bug people and bother them. Like, hey, do you want to yeah. look at my work and get some feedback? And probably bothering them, but most of the times they're super happy to meet younger uh, aspiring uh, artists. So uh, just go for it. Yeah. <laughs> cool. All right. No, thanks for those tips. So I've got a uh, another question to ask. If you have a tip for specific to like storytelling and for uh, creating stories yeah I don't know if you have something in mind where you can uh, pass on a tip for people who might be aspiring artists um, or storytellers something to keep in mind as they're making their stories I'm, I'm gonna be very honest I, I'm not very good at storytelling or writing in, in my opinion yeah um, I think I would recommend to um, yeah, depending what you want to, like if you really specifically want to write stories yourself, um, maybe um, yeah, 
ask some feedback from people, uh, let them read it, uh, see how, because sometimes the things you have in your head uh, and you put it on paper uh, don't always translate well to a pe person who has no knowledge of it, of the whole story and the world you have um, in mind. Yes. So that is such a I, good tip. As for me, what I'm doing is I'm working with writers. Mm. So uh, I can mainly focus on uh, I'm drawing the story and work together with them. Like, I do know what I like. So uh, we just sit down and we brainstorm. And I have a writer who uh, can translate this, uh, the ideas I have better on paper than I do, for example. So you can work together on a story with someone who's maybe more skilled at it. Okay. And in the process and that you're learning, hmm? in the process, like you're learning, like you're improving your storytelling in that process. Yes, yes, definitely. It's, it's always good to like to um, hear from other people or um, see how they approach uh, things. Uh, for me, also one of the things, uh, I, can, I cannot like name one thing specifically, but uh, I followed on online um, from Neil Grayman. Uh, he's a great writer. Um, yeah. He yeah. has food online for a very approachable price, um, sort of a masterclass in, in writing. That one so good. I, I've learned so much from that. Oh, the the actual the masterclass um, series. Like you get, they get different experts to give like, like go through tutorials and things like that. Yes, exactly. I think ah, it's cool. one hundred dollars uh, or something to yeah. buy. Oh, uh, cool. so you tried that? You recommend it? Yes, definitely. It's, it was so good. Like he's very uh, calm in and clear in his explaining for uh, story building. Yeah. And um, he also gives like great uh, exercises to practice at home, how to build your world and your story. Okay, cool. Uh, All right. I would recommend that from from a writer. I'm I'm more of an artist. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I'm a writer, and I'm gonna take that advice and check that series out because uh, I have uh, a completely open schedule uh, right now um, so uh, I did want to actually just echo your uh, your first tip about telling your story to other people that's such an important thing because when you are a, a storyteller and you're creating a world and the characters like in your head everything's perfect like everything makes sense in your head but telling it to other people you'll quickly see where the gaps are and where things don't make sense or where you need to give more information. Um, so that's an important step. I know sometimes people are can be wary about sort of sharing that idea before it's sort of quote unquote ready. But um, I, I encourage people at some point early on in the process just to give people an overview of the story and then just see what the feedback is. So uh, yeah, thank you I think, for that. Uh, I also read like in, uh, in one of the books, um, save the cat there was one uh yes uh tip they give is like just walk up to a random stranger if they're open for it or uh ask a family member or a friend uh like hey can you listen to my pitch for one minute and just do the elevator pitch mm. to uh tell your whole story in like what you are yeah you pitch off your story in 30 seconds to a minute and yeah. see if they want to know more afterwards yeah if it keeps their attention or not. Exactly. Then, you know, you know, yeah. straight away. <laughs> so, That's actually cool. hardest to do because I'm always, when I'm have this cool idea in my head, like, Oh, I want to make a story of this. And I try to tell it to a friend and they're like, yeah, you, you completely lost me. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah, no, definitely a good tip. Um, all right. So uh, before we wrap up, uh, Tanya, do you have any questions? Um, I've got some random questions here. Um, <laughs> they don't. <laughs> they're a bit um, not so much off topic, but they're not as obvious. <laughs> um, so, if you had to be quarantined in your house with uh, three manga or anime characters, who would you choose? <laughs> Hmm, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I think Sebastian from Black Butler. <laughs> oh, excellent choice! Yeah, 
everything for like the bad guys and uh, the mysterious guys. <laughs> um, Plus, it's super useful, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, my so, brain is leaving me. <laughs> sorry, that's a problem, like on the spot one, isn't it? <laughs> that was great. Um, I mean, I'm just gonna name the first three that I, it comes to mind. Uh, I guess um, you go from Holic. He's an interesting mm-hmm. character, and um, Saitama from One Punch Man. <laughs> <laughs> interesting characters. <laughs> that last one's a really interesting choice. Okay. <laughs> I mean, you won't get bored, at least. <laughs> right? <laughs> I have to agree with Sebastian, though. Um, mainly because I imagine his food is so delicious. <laughs> Yeah, I think being connected with these guys is the, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think combo. <laughs> I feel like there'd be a lot of fights uh, of people trying to prove themselves. <laughs> a fight of dominance, I guess, in the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but definitely won't get bored, at least. Um, and I've heard that you would, like, love to work with Marvel someday. Um, so what kind of superhero would you create? About creating? I'm not so sure because I'm more of like following the script or the creation someone else makes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but I think I probably would love to like see something new, um, something more of this time, I guess. Like I've, I've heard, okay, this may be a bit bad but uh they they created recently some new superheroes uh, who are wow my brain is not working right now happens to me all the time yeah. <laughs> oh is this the, the new the two new superheroes they created with really weird name choices yeah it's it's it's, it's so weird like they try to to make something more uh of this time with um uh, not gender stereotyping and those kind of things, but yeah. uh, they really did a horrible job on doing that. So they called uh, them. They called one of them Snowflake and the other oh God. Safe Space or something. Oh God. Just weird. They're just weird names. Oh wow. On their own, it, it, and yeah, I didn't get that. Hopefully, they it sounds really... like, like kind of a pun to this generation. Like, oh, you guys are special little snowflakes. So we call this hero Snowflake yeah. or something. And yeah, it's. Um, no, I don't like them. Ooh. So maybe if we like renamed those. <laughs> I mean, the idea of them representing a, a group uh, I, that's I not so represented would be good. But how you do it is important, right? <laughs> I think I would redesign them as well as change their names, I guess. Like make it something more appealing and not like to try not to stereotype but they still stereotype it with the colors and those kind of things it's yeah mm. um I, I would try it differently i guess <laughs> cool yeah i get that yeah you can so you can I, represent it, someone without making that representation the the like main picture it's like yeah I think there are so many good series who who did a great job on these kind of changes, like Steven Universe or Shira. They did a great job on those. So if I was Marvel, I would ask more advice from these creators. So uh, I would be totally up for more diverse superheroes and um, more of this time, I guess. 100%. That sounds great, though. Um, And then... Uh, we've spoke about it a lot on our podcast. We've done a whole podcast on sort of like what stories we're sort of um, catching up on at the t- moment. So is there any stories that you haven't really had the time to? And now, I mean, you've said that you're working, your work's not much changed much, but do you have a little bit more time to read maybe some stories that you miss uh, that you're catching up on at the moment while we're in lockdown? I'm actually quite occupied with a lot of things, but um, I did recently bought a new book, which I'm curious to read. Uh, it's not specifically a um, American comic or a manga. Uh, Laura Dean keeps breaking up with me. I found the art very cute and appealing. 
Cool. Um, and then lastly, where can people find you and what product, uh, sorry, projects are you working on currently that you want us to shout out? Uh, that's Art of Renee Rindis. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, how to spell that? Try to Google it, <laughs> I guess. Um, we'll we can add it us. in the show notes, yeah. <laughs> it's a mouthful. Um and yeah, I think I will be slowly showing more of my projects I'm working on right now uh, on that. So uh, I would say keep an eye out. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, and is there anything in particular that you're working on at the moment that you can talk about? Or is it just a case of keeping an eye um, on your social media? Uh, I guess for the interesting stuff, uh, keep an eye out. And for recent stuff, I just didn't like... Uh, finished uh, a children's book I've worked on also for Formula One related stuff uh, that came out today so um, you can look that up it's in Dutch though (laughs) (laughs) awesome thank you Um, so for our audience if you do have any um, questions or feedback um, that you'd like to send in you can do so at at the usual um, at feedback at myamada.com at myamada on twitter and at myamada tees on instagram thank you renee for joining us it's been really good speaking to you yeah, likewise thank you for uh, inviting me <laughs> oh happy to happy to so just to remind listeners that you can uh, obviously listen to this episode and all our other episodes of story x story on apple Podcasts, on spotify tune in and pretty much uh, wherever you listen to podcasts although if there's a place where we're not listed please let us know because um, i can add it uh, you can also help re- us reach more people um, by sharing the podcast and just giving us like good reviews on apple Podcasts because that helps too we also make our own stories. So we have our own universe of manga, which you can check out at mymatter.com forward slash manga. And we have some news on GamePad. We're going to, we've, we've been thinking about some ideas of like GamePad, but online. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll have more episodes, more interviews coming up. So just follow us, subscribe, and you'll be notified when new episodes go live. And just a final reminder that our email address is feedback at myamada.com. You can send us your feedback on anything we've discussed today. And the website is story x story. Let me try that again. And the website is myamada.com forward slash story x story. Until next time, stay tuned.